Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, New York City. Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, is the Apache of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to
Clap your hands for Jesus this morning. Clap your hands for the King of Kings this morning. Hallelujah. Victory belongs to Jesus. Amen. Put your hands together one more time. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for victory. Amen. Now, just so we know, the women's, the Francophone women's meeting has been canceled. Hallelujah. Because of um, the Saturday uh, Carnival of Stars. Amen. That, that means we are all supposed to be there. Hallelujah. A new date will be announced shortly. Also, Welfare Ministry is also meeting right after service today. Amen. Hallelujah. There's a testimony in the house. Amen. I said there's a testimony in the house. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together and welcome Auntie Vic Victoria to give us a testimony. Do it better unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Testimony said. Testimony, testimony said. Testimony said. Testimony, testimony said. Testimony said. Testimony, Hallelujah. Mm, this is my testimony. Maybe it makes some of us to know that God is still doing the same miracles he did some years ago. Hallelujah. And I remember a man in the Bible. The name given to him was a noble man. And he came to Jesus. This was in Cana, where he did the first miracle. And then he came to him because his son was sick to the point of death. And the word of God says, Jesus told him, go back, your son liveth. And the word of God goes on to say that, he believed in the words of Jesus and went back home and his son was healed. Hallelujah. Uh, we remember that um, Reverend gave us um, certain things to do so that we will not come to church late. And it came on the platform for us to read through. Even though I had been doing that, I didn't tell myself I know it already. So there is no need for me to go through whatever he had written. And so I read through. And I saw certain things that I wasn't doing, adding to whatever preparation I had to make. So I got prepared on Saturday knowing that I have made myself ready for service. I normally leave the house at 6.15. And so that day, I left very early. By uh, 6, 6.10, I normally leave the house at 6.15. So I left very early that day. Only to get to the, um, 
train station and put my hand in my bag to take my wallet in which I have my metro card and it was not there. I looked through the bag, brought everything out. It wasn't there. I said, my God, this day that I got prepared, I wrote what Pastor Reverend wrote, brought on the platform and got prepared. But there was no uh, wallet in my bag. So I had to walk. And the walking wasn't easy because... It took me about 15 minutes to get there. And now I have to walk 15 minutes back to the house. And I was, I was going, I remember something. I said, the gate is locked. And I don't have any key. And it is early morning also. And nobody is coming in. And no one. Mm. So I said, my God, today it means I'll get to church late. And I was sad on the way. So I went to the gate. And then I stood there at the gate, at the center of the gate. And I put my head on the gate pray in my head that somebody will come and open the gate for me. Then all of a sudden, I heard the cricket noise and the bar in the gate dropped down and the gate was opened. And the gate was opened. And I entered, and I said, this is the doing of the Lord. And it is marvelous in our eyes. God is with us in this church, and you will do miracles upon miracles in this church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a miracle. Amen. Your testimony is coming soon. Amen. Your testimony is also coming. Hallelujah. Every door that seems shut is going to open to you. Hallelujah. Amen. We have the boys' choir to minister unto us. Amen. Let's put our hands together for them. Because some people say, oh, Lord, I want to praise you for the rest of my days. But when you look at that person, a few days to live. <laughs> Just a few days to live. So even though the person says, I will praise you for the rest of my days. If you are a God, you'll be very happy with these people. Amen. Put your hands together for the hallelujah. All right. Come, let's pray over the offering. As they settle down, everybody try and settle down. Father, we thank you for this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Shine like a star. Are you going to shine like a star? Are you going to win a soul? Very good. So, um, today, I've been talking to you about barrenness. The inability to produce. And I spoke to you about types of barrenness. And I gave you a prayer topic. Did you pray about it? Did you pray about it? Oh, today you are very quiet. Did you pray about it? Or you, didn't, you haven't prayed about it yet? Pray about it. I said, do what? Yeah. Okay? Take the scripture off. We're coming. You know, barrenness is a case. And people spend a lot of money to overcome being barren. Hallelujah. May you not be barren. I said, may you not be barren. May you be fruitful. May you not sow on dry land. It's painful to invest everything and you don't get anything back. It's a curse. And I drive away the curse of barrenness. In Jesus' name. 
I said, I drive away the curse of barrenness in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So I spoke about the type of barrenness and uh, to pray about it. And I also talked about causes of barrenness. But for a short time, let me cause one thing that can, one condition that leads to a lot of spiritual barrenness. That you don't become fruitful. You see, when you are barren, it, 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 what it means is that you receive. A barren person receives, but we don't produce. That's barrenness. You receive. A lot of things come, but you don't produce. And that's what leads to the frustration. So at a point, you become frustrated. You invest, but you don't get anything back. The power to generate is taken out of you. Hallelujah. The ability to generate. So, because if you, that is why, you see, when, when a woman is barren, okay, when a woman is barren, it does not mean that she cannot, but the ability to make use of what she receives is not there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is barren. When a man is barren, are you here with me, church? The fact that be barren. Oh, yeah. There are two different things. Because fertility has to do with producing semen adequate enough to make something fairer. So, yes, you can have sex but still be barren. And it's not the woman's fault. It's the man's fault. The inability to have... You are all above 80s, so I can talk. The inability to have erection. Unable to have an erection is impotence. That is different from being infertile. It's impotence. You are impotent. That is inability to have an erection. That's impotence. But you can still be, you, you may be potent, but still unable to produce. Hallelujah. It's, are you hearing me, church? So, barrenness means that it, barren, barrenness does not mean you are not receiving. It does not mean you are not working. It mean, but somehow, you are, the thing that comes to you does lack the ability to reproduce. May you not be barren. In your ministry, may you not be barren. May you not be barren in your business. May you not be barren in your marriage. I'm preaching. I say, may you not be barren. You see, it's, it's a curse. And a curse is a frustration. There's nothing more painful than... I mean, you can, even, you can even be barren in your education. You study, study, study. You still don't go forward. Yeah, you are barren. So that's what I said. There's a between being barren and being impotent. Important is, well, important means inability to erect, dead. That's different from uh, infertility. I'll tell, you this, I'll tell you this story. It's a joke, though. One day, a couple, a couple were watching TV. It's a joke, but it's a joke. So. If, if it's a true story, I'll tell you this one. It's a joke. It's not a true story. A couple were watching TV. And then there was a tele-evangelist who was praying for their sick. So he said, like, no, on the television, if you are sick in any part of your body, lay your hands and I'll pray for you. And you will be healed. So the wife put her hand on her shoulder. Then the man also put her hand here. Then after the prayer, the wife looked at the woman and said, he said, if you are sick, he didn't say raising the dead. <laughs> He was healing the sick, not raising the dead. <laughs> Forgive. But that's just by the way. Let me come back to my music. That's what the wife said. The man said he was praying for the sick. He didn't say he was raising the dead. <laughs> Forgive. Amen. So, I'm talking about Being barren is frustration. You receive, but you can't produce. It leads to mockery 
and frustration. That is why it is a case to be barren. That's why God said that you will not cast your young before it's time. Hallelujah. May you not cast your young before it's time. You didn't hear. I said, may you not cast your young before it's time. That's why it's a case. You see, it's a case to work on something. And then when it's about to become fruitful, something, somebody takes over. That's why it's a case for your house to be possessed. It is a case for your car to be possessed. It is a case for you to be pregnant and lose the baby early. He said, you shall not cast your young before it's time. May you not be under a curse in the name of Jesus. May whatever you do bring, come to a, a good end. Hallelujah. Now, for a, for a short time, I want to talk about one condition that we are all not, we, sometimes we are not conscious of. See, we are not conscious of, but it makes us barren. For a short time. Turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 6. Second Samuel chapter 6, verse 20. King James. Second Samuel chapter 6, verse 20. This is King David. David had gone to uh, bring the ark. He was happy. He was dancing. He was rejoicing. He was being very happy bringing the ark. Because he was carrying the ark of God. Something very precious. If the presence of God does not make you happy, me, it makes me happy. Hallelujah. The very act made David happy. He was excited about it. Happy. Yeah. The fact that the act is coming back, the glory is coming back, it made him happy. And he was very happy dancing. Yeah. Then David returned. To bless his... He returned to do what? I said he returned to do what? Please, preach back. He returned to do what? Yes! The man was coming home. Happy to meet his wife. That's, that's what his, that was his intention. He's coming home. Happy. After a long day at work. Happy to receive his wife. To bless his wife. But as soon as he opened the door, even the look on your face, it makes all his... <laughs> all his plans. Because even the way you open the door. Are you not coming home? Suddenly, suddenly all his good plans vanish. Yeah. To bless his household. And Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David. That was his wife. Michal was his wife. And said, How glorious was the king of Israel today? You see, your husband has worked all day, or he has traveled, he's coming back. And as soon as he's coming, uh, indeed. Yes, indeed. Eh, indeed. Are you not coming home? That's what, how glorious. Oh. I mean, I mean he just, the guy had just entered the house. You wouldn't say welcome or sit down. I said, no, no, no. Who are you talking to? I'm preaching. I said, I'm preaching. You even say, oh, please, can I get you something? As soon as I said, who are you talking to? Who's on the phone? You see, usually because, because maybe he entered the house, still talking. Okay, all right. So, um, okay, uh, tomorrow, okay. All right, don't worry. Um, we'll sort it out next week. No problem. Is everything okay? Okay, uh, it's okay. You relax, okay? I'll take care of you. And you... on the phone. You've been out all day and when you come home, instead of talking to us, you are still on the phone. I'm preaching. How glorious was the king of Israel 
today? Who uncovered himself today in the, in the eyes of the handmaids of his servant as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovered himself? What do you say? Yeah. Message. I'm also to show you the message. You know the verse very well. Let's look at the message. David returned home to bless his family. Micah, Saul's daughter, came out to greet him. How wonderfully the king has... The, the, I mean, sarcasm. You see, you are so sarcastic. Sarcasm. All your comments are sarcastic. Really? How wonderful the king is himself to expose himself. Expose himself to the eyes of the servant's mates like some... I don't even understand the word. What, the word is what? What is burlesque? Like a belly dancer. So, like, like you, yeah, a king, you're acting like a sexy dancer. Is that how to talk to your husband? Like some burlesque street, like some burlesque street dancer. Continue. David replied to Michal, in God's presence, I will dance all I want. You see, this is the difference between David and most husbands. I love husbands. Oh, honey, I'm sorry. Look, it's not every time you have to apologize. <laughs> I'm preaching. You apologize if you are wrong, but you shouldn't apologize when you are serving God. And, and the reverse is true. Don't, you see, don't seek for peace where you are serving God. Yeah. Even, now, even for the wives, I'm preaching to you. If what he's asking you to do is not make you serve God, be careful about it. I am in God's presence. I will dance all I want. He chose me over your father. You forgot. You forgot that he chose me over your father. David, he had a sharp mouth. He chose me over your father. And the rest of our family, uh, chose me over your father and the rest of our family and made me prince over God's people. Over Israel. Oh, yes. I will dance to God's glory. I will mind you. I will not mind you. You can say whatever you say. Because, see, David understood the principle that at the end of the day, it is God who blesses, not a man. You may like me, but if God doesn't like me, I cannot go for it. More recklessly, even than this. And as far as I'm concerned, I will gladly look like a fool. But among, but among these mates, you are so worried about. You see, that is, that is also another revelation. You are the one who doesn't like him. But to some people, he's a great person. You are the one who doesn't like her. But to somebody, he's a great person. That's actually the, that's the mystery. Yeah. The father you despise somebody that's not mean that other people don't like the person. But among these mates, you are so red. I will be on, I will be honored no end. Yeah. And that's not my message today. This, this is my message. Mikal, Saul's daughter, was barren. The rest, I'm calling them causes of barrenness. The, the cause of Michelle's barrenness is familiarity. I gave you why Sarah was barren. Why? Mikael! She was not born barren. She became, Sarah, she, Sarah became barren by only. Mikael's barrenness was from familiarity. Why others admired? Why others were say great? She just looked at it, indeed. Indeed. Anointed indeed. Give me a break. 
listen. I'm not like one of those girls, okay? Hey, hey, I'm not like one of those girls. I, I mean, uh, I'm, they all sing your praises. Me, I'm the only one who can tell you the truth. You see? Yeah. I'm the only one who can tell you the truth. Who told you that you are the only one who can tell the truth? Why do you think you are the only one who can tell him the truth? Don't you understand? That the, the Bible says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will call, are you the Holy Ghost? Are you the Holy Ghost? Why do you assume that you are the only one who can tell the person the truth? When the spirit of truth comes, he will convict. So don't, don't tell people, well, I'm the only one who can tell you the truth. Don't make that mistake. You are not the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Yeah. So Mikhail's barrenness, her inability to reproduce was from familiarity. You see? Because whilst David was glorious in the sight of other people, to her, oh. It's a short message. So, 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 so. I'm not talking about husbands and wives here. I'm talking about the church and their pastor and their message. Sometimes people become buried in the church because they are too familiar with their pastor. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah? You are too familiar with the ministry. It doesn't impress you anymore. So because of that, you have become barren. There is no longer admiration. So people come from afar, new members, and they receive. And you are sitting here, but you are used to it anymore, so it doesn't affect you anymore. That is why you have become barren. I'm preaching. Learn to overcome familiarity. Overcome it. Because it will make you barren. To make you barren, be familiar. Oh, I know the preaching, I know the message, I know what they do every Sunday. You will become barren. Yeah, barrenness. That's why you. That's why you are not becoming fruitful. Look. That was why Mikael became barren. Just being too familiar. Familiarity. Yeah. It was the cause of Mikael's barrenness. Listen to me. Familiarity is the greatest block to receiving God's power from God's men. If you want anything that can block you. Okay? from receiving the power and the anointing is familiarity. And I'm going to show you from the Bible. Hallelujah. What is Luke chapter 4? Look for. Let's start from verse 8. Verse 8, verse 8, verse 8. Actually, no, no. Maybe that's what I'm going to show you. Look, look. Familiarity. Maybe it's Luke 8. Has to be look. It has to be in the book of Luke. Go to Luke 8 and let's see what is there. Verse 4, maybe. Or oh, verse uh, 15. Give me a minute. Okay. Luke 4. Uh, yeah, it was Luke 4. 28. 28. Look for 28. Go to tw- look for 28. I'm talking about what can block the power 
That's what I'm saying. What can block the power and the anointing? You understand? So, so familiarity is like a woman who has a blocked tube. Semen is coming, but your tubes are blocked. It's not that semen is not coming, but your tubes are blocked. So, no matter how much semen is put in you, you can still not make a child because your tubes are blocked. Familiarity is like that. Always think of familiarity as the block of a looking tube. It's not that the anointing is not coming, but you are blocked. What can we see? Good. Verse 28. This is, Jesus, this is Jesus Christ. He came to his own hometown. And they're all in the synagogue. This was Jesus Christ. If you read the preceding verse. Um, maybe let's go to 26 so you can get the whole story. But until none of them, you know, Jesus Christ, because the people were being symbols, 27. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elias, the prophet. And none of them were cleansed, save Naaman the Syrian, because he was annoyed. 28. And, and all day in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. Why do you think he could do no miracle over there? Why do you think he could do no miracle? Because the day he could do no miracle. They were filled with wrath. Anger. Yeah. The Greek word is tumos. T-H-U-M-O-S. It was tumult. Oh, get away. 29. Next verse. And rose up and thrust him out of the city. They kicked him out. And led him onto the brow of the hill whereon their city was built that they might cast him down headlong. I'm preaching. You want to preach? In his hometown, Nazareth. Because they were familiar with him. They saw him as a carpenter. They saw him growing up. They saw that he was trying to make their bed. And when they came to collect the bed, the guy, he told them, oh, the bed will be done next week. And next week when they came, so come in the afternoon like all artisans. So how dare you come preach to us? They saw him growing up. Headlong. But he passing through the midst of them went his way. This was verse 20, 28. We are in 30. So when he left, he was in Nazareth preaching. The people got angry. There was a day he could do no miracles. So he left. And as soon as he left the town, the next place he stopped was Capernaum. And came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath day. And look at their response. And they were astonished. Can you believe it? Can you believe? Can you believe that this? He was t- telling them today. The people were angry. They wanted to kill him. He walked away. Goes to the next town the following day, and the people said, "Man, what a teaching!" The same person. Because the people in Nazareth, they knew his mother, they knew his father, they knew his brothers. But in Galilee, he was a strange man. They didn't know his background, and they were astonished. They were astonished at his doctrine for his word was with power. Why do you think he did all the miracles in Galilee? And in Nazareth, he could do nothing. I'm talking about the thing that blocks your fallopian tube. Familiarity. Fallopian tube. Don't forget. That is what I'm using. I'm using the medical term. Familiarity. Fallopian tube. Familiarity. Fallopian tube. Your, your familiarity blocks your fallopian tube. Can you believe it? He was preaching here. And they were amazed. They were angry. They wanted to kill him. So Tasha, he said, okay, cool. He walks to the next town. Same person. And they say, come and see power. Don't you think he had power in Nazareth? I said, don't you think he had power in Nazareth? Or maybe on the way they anointed him. No. So, so it is not... It, so, so whether you benefit from it or not, it depends on whether you have... So be careful about familiarity. You see, the reason I'm preaching about this is that as Christians, we must be fruitful, but it is one of the... Familiarity is more like a silent killer. At the point, you don't even know that you have become familiar. No, at the point, you don't know. You don't know that you have become familiar. It's like hypertension. It's a silent killer. Most people don't know their, their blood pressure is up. Until one day, familiarity is like that. So you have to be careful. 
Because you don't even know you have become familiar. You don't even know. You don't even know that familiarity has crept in. On our ways. Yeah. They knew him too much. That is why. So suddenly, the power was no longer there. The miracles were no longer there. Yeah. Galilee. Galilee. Look. It was Galilee that he did his fantastic Capernaum. Capernaum. That's where he picked his disciples. He walked on water. It was all in Capernaum. Nazareth. They didn't believe him one bit. This story is very amazing. Because we are talking about the same person who was here. They wanted to kill him. He walks away and goes here. And he's a hero. And there, come and see the miracles. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yeah. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about the thing that can block your tube, your tube from receiving. Amen. Do you want to be fruitful? I said, do you want to be fruitful? Do you want to be fruitful? Do you want to be delivered from the curse of barrenness? Then fight familiarity. Hallelujah. Look. At least. At least. I went to medical school. And one thing that medicine taught us is that you diagnose by signs and symptoms. Hallelujah. You make diagnosis by what? Yeah. That is why when you come, so. I've been coughing <coughs> and I've been sweating at night. For the past uh, six months, I've been losing weight since I came from a visit from Utopia. Before I went to Utopia, I was okay. But after being in Utopia, I went for a mission and then I came back. Every night I sweat, I cough, I've been losing weight. I've seen some swellings here and swellings here. What do you think the person has? I said, What do the person has? I'm asking doctors and nurses, What do the person has? TB, tuberculosis, or HIV is other differential. So, based on the signs and symptoms, we make a diagnosis. Okay? I said, okay? Yeah. So, you diagnose things by their symptoms. So, whether you are familiar or not, because if I ask you, are you familiar? Or pride? Are you pride? No, no. So, let's look. I'm going to read about I'm not saying you are, but I'm going to show you signs of familiarity. So that when you are there, you know that. Mm. How many would like to know the signs of familiarity? Yeah. I hear me. Yeah. From Bishop Book. Yes, sir. You'll be surprised at some of the signs. One of the signs of. Number one sign is that initially, when you come, you used to sit in the front when you preach. But now when you come, you sit at the back and you cross your leg. <laughs> you are no longer odd. You are no longer intrigued. So you come and you sit at the back. Hmm? Not that you are working at the back. But it doesn't. The, 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 the church does not inspire you anymore. So you come and you sit at the back. You are no longer astonished. Signs and symptoms. Check your heart. Why is it that I'm just sitting at the back? I don't care anymore. Familiarity. Number two. Should I give you more signs? I mean, should I continue? The symptoms of Familiarity. Now, when you come to church and you are preaching, you'll be yawning. <laughs> but I'm preaching to them. Do you know why? Do you know why you yawn? Yawning is a sign that you are bored. Most of the time, I mean, of course, I mean, sometimes you are tired, but most of the time, yawning is a sign that what? You are bored. There's nothing exciting about it. So you are yawning. You are yawning. You are sleepy. Do you know the reason why? Do you know the reason why 
most accidents happen near your, if you are driving, a lot of accidents happen either near your house or your workplace. Do you know that? Do you know the reason why? Do you know the reason why? Familiarity. Because you know the area. So when you get there, you stop concentrating. You know the area too much. So when you get there, you stop concentrating. But when you are going to a place that you don't know, because you don't know the place, you are always alert. That is why when you are going to a new place that you, are, you, you don't know, you don't fall asleep. But when in your area, because you know the area, you sort of relax and begin to fall asleep. That's when you get into an accident. Yawning. <laughs> I'm preaching. Familiarity. Number three. You don't even listen to the messages again. At first when you came, when you preach, say, Reverend Veronica, why can I get the message? But now you don't listen to the message again. Because you are used to it. Man. Not listening. Not buying the books. Can I give you more signs? You see. Another sign of familiarity. Which happened to Jesus. Discussing the man of God. After the message. Well. I don't agree with what Reverend said. I mean, last week I agree, but this week, you know, it's not always like that. Hello. <laughs> there are exceptions. It's not always like that. Listen to me. I'm not saying it's always like that. I am preaching under the inspiration. At one point, he told them, go and carry no bags. Another point, he said, go and carry bag. So the fact that what I said today was opposite to what I said, it depends on the anointing that is operating. So don't say, it is not always like that. Stop saying that. Hallelujah. Discussing the background. That's what happened to them. They were discussing the background of Jesus Christ. Look, 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 look. We use the term we say a man of God. He's what? I say he's what? Man. Even though he's a man of God, he's what? I say even though he's a man of God, he's what? And therefore being a man, you have his fault. Every man of God is first a man. I say every man of God is what? First a man. Yeah. I'm showing you about familiarity. That is why when a visitor, somebody you don't know, a, a, a visiting preacher comes, you seem to receive him so much because you don't know him as a man. You just saw him as a preacher. But the one who is with you all the time, you see him all the time. You know when he's angry with his wife, when he's quarreling, when his wife is beating him. Oh, you know all the stories. <laughs> Not that he's, he doesn't beat his wife, but his wife is beating him. <laughs> you know all the stories. You know the stories about him. So because of that, you cannot receive. But let me tell you something. Even though, even though he's a man of God, he is first a man. And being a man does not mean that he's not anointed. Let me tell you something. That is why Elijah, Elijah died of the disease. He was sick and died. But when they put a, a person on him, his bones raised the person. A man of God may be weak in his personal life, but he's still anointed to bless you. Maybe weak. As sick as Isaac was. He was sick. He was blind. He couldn't see. Even though he couldn't see, he still had the power to bless Jacob and Esau. So let me tell you something. That we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. I'm not preaching about me. I'm preaching for you. Because me, by the grace of God, if you, even if you put a microscope, you won't find anything on me. But I'm, I am like Samuel. Okay? And let me talk to you who I am. I'm like Samuel. Samuel said, look at me, study me, have I, I, and find out whether I took any brothers' bodies or not. 
or, the, or I took advantage of any of you. And every word I say didn't even come to pass. See, there's not every pastor. Some, some pastors have some, some pastors by the grace of God. They are like Samuel and Paul. When you search, you find nothing. And if God gives you a pastor, you better respect it. Anyway, it's, it's just, in fact, delete that part. It's just the grace of God. They, they provoke me, but delete it. We are, all who we, we are all who we are by the grace of God. You have to be humble. We are all who we are by the grace of God. So they, they provoke me to say who I am, but I beg you. We are all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. By the grace of God. Because anything can happen to anybody. But sometimes you have to be like Paul. So you, you can delete that part. Let me come back to what I was saying. I'm a man of God. I hear me. So, don't let familiarity affect you. Hallelujah. His background, his family issues. Look, 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 look at what they say. Mark chapter 6, verse 3. Mark chapter 6, verse 3. Is not this the carpenter? The son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon are not his sisters here with us. And they were offended. You see? Familiarity. Look, sometimes you are more blessed to know a man of God from a distance. Oh, yeah. I said sometimes you are hot. More blessed to know a man of God from where? Because you see, not everybody can handle it. So if you cannot handle being close to the pastor, why do you want to visit me in my house? Because if you come to my house, you may be offended. Because the way I speak is different. And maybe what I have may, may offend you. Not everybody. So sometimes you are blessed to be from afar. So that you can receive. I'm, 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 so let's fight familiarity. But if you can come close and receive, it's even more of a blessing. Oh, church, you are quiet. I'm done. Listen to me. If you can come to a man of God closer and still admire him, it's even far better. Then you are behaving like Peter. Peter was close to Jesus. He walked with Christ. He saw him. But when he said that, who do you make sense? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Even though he was close, he still admired the anointing. That's why he became the head of the church. Some of you, when you come close, you cannot handle it. You behave like Noah. I'm oh, sorry, not Noah. You behave like a ham. You behave like ham. That is what uh, one, man, one, one, one man of God said. He said, that boy, ham. He couldn't handle it. He said, every man of God assistant where he can be himself because Noah was drunk and was being himself in his tent but when Ham saw it he couldn't handle it so the, the, that pastor was saying that yeah you see, you see that boy Ham he could not handle it every man of God has his tent where he can be himself but that boy Ham he could not handle it because when Ham entered and saw Noah naked when Noah was being himself Ham could not handle it that's why he was cursed. A servant or servant you shall be. So sometimes maybe to avoid the curse of him, you're better off being afar. But it is even greater if you can be like Peter. You are close, but you admire. <laughs> Hallelujah. So let's fight familiarity. Look, a common sign of familiarity amongst us is when the pastor cancels you. You, Well, that's his opinion. You see, that, that's that. You see, that then, that's his opinion. Okay? Because if a, stra- a, a, a prophet who you didn't know comes to cancel, you say, wow, I receive it. But because you know, you say, that's his opinion. Fight it. Let's fight it. I say, let's fight it. Let's fight familiarity. Because let me tell you something. I will give you pastors after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. At the end of the day, your life, whether you are being productive, whether you are being fruitful, it depends on the 
You pray to God that God bless me. God lead me. God teach me. And God said, my, my answer to your prayer is that I will give you a pastor after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Now God has answered your prayer and the person is coming and saying, well, I don't want to accept it. It's his opinion. It's a short message I'm preaching to you. It's one of the common... I, I probably will not repeat this message again. But go think about that. Everybody, all of us, let us fight familiarity. It is that thing that blocks the two. And you see, and, and I'm preaching because we are human. And by our human nature, we tend to become familiar. So be, be aware of it. We are human. You see, that, that is, we are human. So by, by human nature, we tend, to, we tend to be familiar. So you must be conscious of that fact. That look, this thing, if, I, if, if it affects me, it will make me not productive. And I can no longer receive. You become like Mikhail. The mates were admiring David. Because they, mates, they, have, they don't see David. That was the first time. But Mikhail, she know. She, Mikhail, she saw David go to the bathroom. She saw him poo-poo. She saw him sleep and snuck. Indeed. That's why he became barren. May we fight familiarity. I say, may we fight familiarity. May God give us the grace to receive. I say, may God give us the grace to receive. Look. Even that scripture, believe in the Lord your God and you'll be established. Believe in his prophets. And what? I say, you believe and you shall what? Who do you think the prophet God is talking about? He's talking about the prophet, the prophet on television. Do you think God is talking about the prophet on TV? some prophet on TV? Who, who? That's what Bishop Peter Bader said. Honor your prophet. See, God is not going to give you some distant prophet. That's the mistake you make. God is giving you the prophet up in your own house. Because that's what it's so... Yeah, you're quiet. Yeah. Because a lot of you are believing some distant prophet. Let me tell you something. That guy doesn't know you from Adam. You better believe the prophet that is in your house. That's what God has given you. Believe in the Lord your God. And you'll be established. Believe in his prophets. When God wanted to anoint Elisha. Okay? There were a lot of prophets in Israel. Moses was a prophet. Joshua was a prophet. Samson, they were all great men before Elisha. But God said, I'm going to take the anointing upon Elijah and put on you. God is going to anoint you with the prophet that you are close with, not the prophet that you are distanced from. There are so many prophets. But you, you are a child of Bishop Dyke. So you better believe in Bishop Dyke. God is going to anoint you through him. And all that people give through Bishop Dad, that's how God is going to anoint you. So you better believe it. I say you better believe it. Let's fight familiarity. Let's fight it. It is that thing, it blocks the two. You fought it. Let's fight it. Not believing, having no regard. That is why a lot of, that's why a lot of, uh, that's why a lot of people fight, find teenagers annoying. Because when, when children are young, they admire their parents. But when they become teenagers, like they know it all, that's why they are annoying. Familiarity setting, you're not always right. That's why they challenge. Church, may we not be barren. May the good seed that is planted, may they become fruitful. May nothing block us from becoming fertile. I say, may nothing block us from becoming fertile. Stand up to your feet and let's close.
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Order my steps here, Lord. Lead me, guide me, ever your anointing, Father, I pray. Order my steps in your word. The sing, order my steps. fruitful we bind that makes us not fruitful you said we shall believe in you we will be established we should believe in your prophets and we shall go forward you said I will give you pastors after my heart may we appreciate the pastors you have given us be received with admiration may we go forward and not backwards for all of us. Because this thing, eh, we are not even aware. We are not aware that we are suffering from it. It's like hypertension. So I want to pray for all of us. Everybody, all of us, including me, all of us, let's put our hand on our heart and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the service. I pray, God, that we shall not be like the people of Nazareth, who saw a great anointing, but because of familiarity, never got blessed from it. And rather we're cursed. Father, may we be like the guys of Capernaum. May we admire. May we admire. I deliver each and everyone from being like Ham. Who got close and could not handle. But may we be like Peter. Close and still admire. Father, abide the spirit of familiarity. The curse that blocks us from being fertile. Thank you for the pastors you have given us. The bishops and the apostles and the prophets. Father, may we continue to admire. May we continue to receive. For you said, believe in me, you'll be established. Believe in the prophets and you shall be pushed forward. As we come Sunday after Sunday, may we, not become, may we never become familiar. As we listen to the bishop Sunday after Sunday, may we not become familiar. But may we continue to admire. May we continue to receive. Thank you, Holy Spirit. With every head bowed and every eye closed. This afternoon, yep, you are here. You're not born again. You're not saved. There is room at the cross for you. The Bible says, What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses the soul? What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Don't be familiar with the church without being born again. Don't get used to church but you don't know Jesus Christ. It is about your relationship with Jesus Christ not about the church. Don't get used to it. Rather make sure you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't get familiar routines of church but you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus the Bible says it is appointed unto men once to die and after that judgment as we live you are here and you are not saved you are not born again Lift up your hand. You want to give your life to Jesus and I'll pray for you. You want to make sure you die. I'm serious about this. 
I want to make sure that everybody here is born again. Let none live here the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Please put your hand together for the Lord and be seated. As we get ready for our first and best. We hope that you've been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on lci.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.